0: There wasn't a lot of self. You know, the pronoun me, me, me was not part of Doc. Doc was, no matter who it was, if it you know, was some big music star or it was just some audience member that came up to say hello, he treated no one differently. And that would come across because he felt that he was given a gift that he wanted to share and this gift should not be abused by ego
1: just from a musical perspective, through those years, the 15 years, what, how did your playing evolve, or what did, what did you get out of that relationship, just musically?
0: I probably got mostly a sense of, well, it, it's all-encompassing. It's something you don't think about. When you play with other people, they notice what you've learned. They notice the groove that you can keep, or they notice your ability to follow a song that you don't know. And that's what I got from them. And also a professionalism and the ideal to do the right thing, whether it was musically or whether it was personally, their music was a mirror of their personalities. And I think that's why they were so successful and why this festival is a mirror of their personality as well. When you come here, you feel what the Watsons were about.
1: Any memories from road trips with uh, Merle and Doc
0: Watson you could,
1: uh, looking back on, that come to mind?
0: Uh, I'm flooded with memories of what you know, it was like with them. The most memorable things were probably riding down the road, 2 o'clock in the morning, somewhere in New Mexico. And Doc's got his banjo and he's playing a tune that's 100 years old. He's the only one who knows this song. 500 square miles around and he's playing that song and I'm back in the back in a bunk and I'm hearing this song and you know it's just it's almost it's not even Norman Rockwell it's just the history of American music you know you're looking forward and you see the moonlight coming in through the front and you see Doc Watson there bent over playing his banjo playing this song there was nothing better or being in Big Sur in California uh, sitting out and just you know He was telling stories about how he grew up and how he would hitchhike to Boone and how he supported his family playing in a hillbilly, you know, dance band. It's just, you know, those stories that no one else heard, but the guys that were around him was just, it's just an amazing thing that I cherish, that I have. And there I was with no recorded like you have. It's all in my head, all these stories. But one of the funny stories is we were in Big Sur, And we were, I think his favorite cookie was a Nutter Butter cookie. So we left them out on the picnic table and we were sleeping in the Winnebago. And there was a raccoon out at the picnic table making all this noise going after the, the cookies. So Doc says, I'll get him. So he steps out the door and he picks up a rock and he hits the raccoon. He says, that'll teach you, damn you. And he, and he runs off, and he just, he just walked back in chuckling in a laugh that, uh, you know, no one else but Doc Watson could make. Well, uh, Doc Watson,
1: uh, well known for this, this phrase, uh, which I love, uh, traditional plus music. And, and uh, tell us about that firsthand experience you had just in terms of the, the variety of music he listened to while out on the
0: road. Um, well, the variety of music, you go from one of their favorite going back a long way tapes <laughs> was uh, Moody Blues, Days of Future Past. We listened to that all the time, and New World Symphony, the Pierre Gintz suite. So it spanned everything in between there of the Alman Brothers, the Beatles, you name it. We would listen jazz, Herbie Hancock. We would listen to all that kind of music, and you could tell that in Doc's playing as well. Although he was really parsimonious in his notes that he would play, the syncopation of what he played was influenced by all that music that he had listened to. I was
1: talking to Jerry Douglas, and just the name Wayne Shorter popped up, and he was all over Wayne Shorter. And he said, Oh, yeah, you know, as a a saxophone appreciator in the world of jazz, I mean, I find that really interesting.
0: That's right. I played with Mike Aldrich in the Seldom Scene for a long time, and he and I were talking, and he said, You know, you listen to sax players. Sax players' lines, the syncopation of their lines and the melodies that they play, they really can be translated into guitar or dobra very easily. I mean, even, even Frank Zappa did that as well. I don't think Doc ever listened to Frank Zappa. But...
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's pushing it. All right. And I know that, I mean, one would think from the outside looking in, okay, it's, it's Doc Watson. It, it's got great presence. This festival has grown and grown and grown. But from talking to Ted Hageman and, and folks here, I know that it takes a lot of work to keep this festival going, and you've been at the forefront of that. Uh,
0: why, why do it? What's, what's in it for you? What's in it for me? It was to repay a gift I've been given. Uh, This festival embodies the music, the traditional plus, as you mentioned, the music that Doc loved and wanted to push forward. And as things get larger, sometimes the thing that the foundation is built on sort of gets maybe forgotten, but not by anyone who puts the festival on. It's just the audience. You have different artists that come in that may not know who Doc and Merle are. So, what I wanted to do is take up the mantle to remind people. This is why you are here. This is the foundation that this festival and most American traditional music, the new traditionalist, that's what it's built on. That's the music it's built on. And they know who Doc Watson is. And I just want to remind people they're here to celebrate their musical influence.
1: Well, T. Michael, thank you so much for talking to me today.
0: You're welcome very
1: much. Well, David Holt, Mural is coming up. Um, You first met Doc Watson, uh, I just found out, briefly back in 72, and then uh, decades later you traveled and performed with him for more than 10 years, knew him well. Uh, What did did Doc uh, bring to this music, or what what lives on in this music you love because of uh, Doc, his
2: contribution? You know, Doc was this pivotal person that was able to take this old music and and present it to a modern audience so that they could understand it and enjoy it. Take some of the scratchiness out of it, maybe some of the uh, the the rawness out of it and put it into a way that a modern audience could understand. And not only did he do that with the songs, but he pretty much single-handedly, or he was one of the important people in creating the whole flat picking style. So bringing attention to the guitar and it, in some ways making it a central instrument in all of our music now. I mean, I don't think it would be as much without Doc Watson, because he pretty much influenced everybody that picked up a guitar, whether they know it or not. And, um, you know, he was just a very uh, intelligent, brilliant guy who was the most musical person I ever met. He was uh, just had this sense of what to leave out and what to put in and uh, when to put it in. And so almost... Yeah, you know, I listen to his. I still listen to his stuff a lot, and I'm always amazed at just how tasteful it is. It's just always, and I always try to emulate that myself. And it, it's not easy, but he had it. He could do it. <laughs> the parallels in music always interest me, and in that
1: that uh, people who revere uh, Miles Davis almost automatically go back to the the silence he used in the music. The, the not not all the the flashy notes, but his use of quiet moments in the song well
2: doc's the same way you know he, he loved to play the melody but he would just embellish it just enough to be oh gosh that's really interesting you think to yourself as he's playing that that's <laughs> an interesting way to approach that thing and he would always do that and then he, he could do it on the fly of course he was just very very musical person
1: take me back to your very first uh merle appearance there uh, david what and uh, what's changed what's what
2: stayed the same there well, the first one, I was looking at a video, I think there's one on uh, YouTube, Doc and I are playing, uh, let's see, Train on the Island, that's what it was, and the, and the stage is like an old truck bed, I mean, that's what it was, <laughs> and uh, so it was uh, small and intimate, and uh, we were thinking very much about Merle, because Merle had just passed, you know, shortly before that, and uh, so it really was a tribute about Merle, and... It was a very intimate affair. A lot of the same people still coming that came to that one. Uh, Sam Bush and, of course, T. Michael Coleman and just, just a lot of the people who love Doc. I mean, you know, Doc asked us to come and we weren't paid those first few years and just said, yep, we'll be there. And that's what happened. And <laughs> just built up from there. Well, David Holt, thank you so much for, for
1: taking time out of your busy, busy schedule to, to chat with me today. I sure appreciate it.
2: Glad to do it. Thanks for doing this.